listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half hour or so we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Holly Shackleton who is editor of Speciality Food Magazine. We're never happier than we've got food and drink in front of us, that's, are we? That's really true. It is yeah, really true. Very happy right now. And today we've got like something for lunch and um, gin to go with it. Yeah, good combo. Very good combo. Good combo. It's a very good combo. <laughs> um, I'm also joined, it's your last programme as our, our guest presenter, Kamud Gandhi. It is and I'm very sad. It's Did you have a good time? A fantastic month of... Uh, Helping to present the show. Yep. And uh, you own the Cooking Academy. Uh, you're a food writer, got books and we do loads of stuff in food. Uh, spice expert in particular. Um, any any good memories, any particular highlights of the last three programmes we've done? We've also got two great guests today as well. But um, So the cheese was outstanding. Canterbury cheese makers last mm, week. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, talking to uh, the great... Dr. Lejeune's was uh, Dr. absolutely he's um, lovely, isn't he? fantastic. Wanted to yeah, take him was, home. Yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just cook for me the whole time? Can you be my personal <laughs> chef? Um, what he was doing is extraordinary. And, and, uh, and also for me, he just made me feel like vegan food was really exciting yeah you were really kind of um just you were really wrapped around yeah, yeah would you not think yeah sometimes well, I find Sue, it Sue turned vegan you should and I'm now moving to Kent yeah so that's a <laughs> persuasive guest yeah okay fair enough <laughs> well today we've got two great guests as well of course um we've got Rupert Holloway from Conquer Spirit hello hi um it's very kind of you to bring some gin I don't I, go anywhere without it I do I like get a bit scolded of gin. if I turn up I do like a bit of gin um also you bought a new product a coffee liqueur Liqueur. Yeah. Now I am a little bit partial to coffee liqueur. Um, I know you, I know people think it's a bit old fashioned, but I don't like the old Tia Maria, which is pretty basic. I'm hoping this is going to be my new. I'm thinking. I'm hoping this is going to be my new go to. It is. Yeah. Because um, there isn't much choice out there, is there? No, exactly. And that's why that's like Kahlua of, and yeah. Tia Maria. And that's about it. That's why it came about a couple of years Yay. ago. I thought. So I'm very, very excited to try that. But you can't have that because it's like a puddingy thing until I've had my lunch. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm very pleased. Um, Anisha Kumar. Yes. We've met each other a couple of times. I've been around your lovely factory, which we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Love and having you there. Thank you. And um, you own a company called Zinda Foods. That's right. Which nobody will know because what we do know is air wrap. That's right. So you've And got that's all you need to know. That's all we need to know. Yeah. Yes. So air wrap. Now, um, I'm not a great fan of sandwiches. In fact, I've stopped eating sandwiches a long, long time ago because I get a bit bored at lunches. And when you go to client lunches, we'll get the sandwiches out. I say, God, I'm so bored. Um, and then people started using wraps, which is, which is quite nice. But, Holly, don't you find wraps really dry? Yeah. And then they're quite too stodgy. thick and stodgy. Yeah. And I'm, actually now I'm beginning to think they're worse than bread. Mm. But actually, yeah. yeah, they probably are worse than yeah, bread. Yeah, they are in some respects. They're supposed to be dry. healthier, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you a wrap fan? Um, I'm not a wrap fan because there's too much wrap. There's too and much wrap. The proportion yeah. is yeah. out of kilter. Uh, it's yep. too dry, as mm. you say, and I don't 
particularly. There are very few fillings that I found that are. Yeah. Um, and I'm just looking at that. So I'm is... showing you this, right? Mm. So I'm, I'm, um, um, Anisha's appalled because what I've done is I've pulled apart <laughs> pulled one of her wraps. It. Okay. There's something okay. um, So in this India. is one of her wraps, right? Mm. It's so thin it's, for a start. It's called a rumali uh, roti, which is uh, th- really thin. It's almost like a tissue. It's like a hanky. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which okay. is what rumali really means. So. Yeah. But what's yes. extraordinary about these is the way they're cooked. So um, I, I can't give too much away because it's like a trade secret, but if you go around the factories into foods, you know, there's like a almost like a plancha thing, really, where they're being cooked. So you've got those yes. beautiful... Mm. Little black, mm-hmm. you know, round yeah. burn marks almost the authentic- that you get. Yeah. The authentication mm. of it is, a good yeah. It's all hand spun because it's hundred percent artisan and it's yeah. all hand stretched and yes. you know hand spun and stretched over the flat pan. Yeah. So they have got people in that factory, and all they're doing is making these mm. by hand. Mm. And cooking them. No, and, the and that is why I'm sure they're doing it. Is, <laughs> and that is why they taste amazing because I can't. How do they do the rest? How do they do it in, in other factories? They just press them to the. the have yeah, a mold probably. or something. I don't, oh, it's cut. I I don't no even idea. know because I've never stepped into a leather. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and so these are, um, they're just quite extraordinary. Mm. So would you like to taste one? I would. Why did you, while well, we're going to munch through your stuff that you bought, why why did you decide to do this? I mean, it's not normal, Anisha. It wasn't very, I mean, it was, yeah, I guess not. not yeah. I mean, not, I, what, not, norm, not, not what normal not people normal, do. No, I'm definitely not normal, not conventional. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, but actually, it's quite normal for Asian families. We make our own roti at home. It's it's what we do. You know, but, but we don't what, have a pantry load of preservatives. But, and we don't expect our bread to last three to six months. Yeah. We want it to be fresh. And so um, so what I think is extraordinary is you've, you've decided to do this. Um, and then what you've done is you've, you've obviously got some amazing fillings. So here I'm thinking I've got... Chicken Caesar salad inside. I one. think right. so. Yeah, the lighting's uh, so bad, but got, I think that's uh, what it is. I've got goat's that's tuna. I've got goat's cheese. That's a spicy tuna. Haven't I goat's cheese? That's feta. Yeah. Oh, feta, feta cheese. Sorry. Yeah. And then there's uh, a meaty one, chickeny one. But that's the butter chicken one. Butter chicken. Yeah. Rupert, what are you going to go for? Oh, you, uh, you weren't thinking you'd have lunch as well, were you? Yeah. Sort of <laughs> one, one of each would be great. Um, yeah, one Caesar, of each. Caesar. Well, I'm going to take one and you better have the whole thing. <laughs> you know there you one. go. Thank you very much. Now, mm. have you ever tasted a wrap like that? It's amazing. But it's really flavourful mm. as well. It's so much lighter, mm. but it does kind of hold the shape and, you know, it serves its purpose, yes. the thing, as being a vehicle for the filling. Uh, but it's really tasty. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's good. Good stuff. So you started making these, and then did you get approached by Tesco? Or uh, no, we, we actually approached Tesco, Yeah, and we weren't sure. I mean, before Tesco, this, this thing has had quite a journey. When I started off almost four or five years ago, it was literally things coming out of my kitchen about food that I grew up on, uh, and it, wasn't, it was not wraps, just wraps. It was a range of ready meals, uh, you know, food that used to be on our dinner table at home. And then I found that when my husband and I moved here and the food, the Indian food that I found in the markets that were accessible to everybody was very different from what I was used to growing up with. And I thought perhaps if I could make my own version of what Indian meals, micro cuisines should be, mm-hmm. package it and uh, sell it in local independent stores, uh, it was selling really well. Kumud, was that something you found? Sorry, just cutting across that a little bit. Um, that the food wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yes, 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 yes. Um, and that's it was what's very inspired poor. you to say, I'm so disgusted with this, I'm actually yes, have yeah. to do my own. 
And that was also the reason for starting the academy, because um, the version of Indian food that's available in the UK, even through the restaurants, is a very poor representation of Indian food. Yeah. Um, or even Middle Eastern food is. or whatever. So for me, it was, no, 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 this is not what Indian food is about. No, you're mistaken. Um, it was this notion that everything is a curry. No, everything isn't a curry. It, yeah. it's, um, and so for me, this was a journey to um, set the record straight and say, you haven't really tried Indian food. Yeah. And, and do you feel like that, uh, setting absolutely. the record straight? I mean, I, I just really didn't know what a curry was until I came here to mm, the UK. Because quite. when they asked, when, you know, when friends of ours used to say that we're going going down for a curry, uh, it was almost like, I'm, I'm go okay, I'll go down for a sauce. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you talking about? Because mm. if you ask for a curry in India, nobody will know what you're talking about. No. So I The think word that, doesn't exist, does it? No, it doesn't really. In some homes it does, but... It's 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 a generic term of you know whatever you're cooking and it's not it's not really Indian food. So what did you start making first? So I was making. I mean, I found a a ready meal in 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 a Londis store which said dhansak, and I'm part of Persian, and it was nothing really like the dhansak that I've mm. grew up on. <laughs> so that was really the first thing that I packaged. It was traditional Persian Parsi dhansak, which you make at home with you know caramelized brown rice with your caramelized onions and your it's generally made with lamb you can make it with chicken it's a it's a dal a lentil based vegetable and lentil based curry and you serve it with these meatballs with the chicken or, or lamb meatballs and a very traditional salad which is your kachumbar salad kachumbar being uh, uh, cucumber, chopped cucumber tomatoes, tomatoes yep, onions, onions and yep. coriander and stuff very very fragrant and flavorful and I packaged all that and I was selling it in Londres and Budgeons and it was really selling very well uh, and along with that I, I did something called you know Burmese don't ask me how that came onto our dinner table but that's the thing about Indian food it's not really it's so many influences that come in because I grew up in Bombay and Bombay was the gateway of so many multicultural uh, I mean, so many cultures that came onto the shores and gateway of, you know... Yeah, uh, great sailors and shipping nation. Absolutely, so from the Dutch yeah. to the Portuguese to the English. I mean, we have so many of those influences and I think that percolated with the food as well. So it's that's the micro-cuisines and that's really, for me, what Indian food is all about, these influences of spices. And, and so the wrap thing for you, I mean, you don't even call them wraps, actually. No, I call them the air wrap because, I mean, that's the differentiator. It's clearly not a tortilla. Uh, yeah. I was pretty shocked to go down the aisles when I was shopping, um, you know, years ago when we first came to find that bread for me would last in the fridge for you know, two to three weeks. And now, but, but it's even, it's changed more now because I find that even tortillas can last for three to six months. I wonder what's in it. I, I mean, no it, do we not question it? <laughs> is that normal or is that just the way we shop nowadays? Uh, we're feeding that to our kids. It's such a functional product that everybody buys it. It's in my, I mean, it's in my shopping basket most of the time. I don't even question it. Yeah. But I have now. Mm. Functional but tasteless. It's functional, tasteless, mm. and God knows what's in it. Yeah. It's dangerous. And, and so these these um, sort of, I mean, they're not really wraps, are they? What would you describe them as? Would you say it's... It's, it's like a roti, but it's, like a, you know... It's slightly roti-like. A, a very, very thin roti. It is thin like a roti. roti. It's a very thin roti. Incredibly thin roti, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's our way of taking a traditional recipe of very simple ingredients, marrying it to a traditional hand-spun technique... But uh, we've tried to make it contemporary 
and commercialized it so that it's accessible to everybody because mm. everybody deserves a fresh sandwich. If you call a sandwich fresh, it's food to go. Uh, you want not only the filling to be fresh and flavorsome, but the base should be equally fresh. Yeah. And, uh, otherwise, the base is not doing any justice to what you're eating. And there's no nourishment at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, and so you started making these. Now, so if I could just describe your factory, you go in, um, it's, ti- you know, it's, it's tiny. Small, it's a small <laughs> it's factory. Tiny, yeah. um, um, uh, and basically, you've got a handful of people who yes. are just working nonstop, non-stop. because... You've got so much demand for this stuff now. It's, it's pretty hard to keep up. So yeah, you're, you're making mean, every day. Every day almost. Is it except for Tuesday or Wednesday? I can't remember you told no, me No, just Wednesday. It's but Wednesday. then Wednesday is a load-up day because we made, for Wednesday we've actually made production on, on the previous they, day. Yeah. So it's really seven days a week. Seven days yeah. a week. Um, and, and, and the relationship with Tesco, how did that happen? So when we introduced Tesco to this, the buyer absolutely loved it. And he he wanted to take some home and, you know, he he really loved it and he saw it. It's about really giving, wanting to give your consumer another choice. It was difficult for them to take on another supplier. And I see it from the retailer's perspective to, you know, they're large retailers, to take on another small scale supplier, to have that kind of faith in you. So what you mean is that, that, that somebody who's supplying sandwiches to Tesco's might also supply them wraps, might also supply them, supply you know, them so, so that they've only got one person to deal with and they're happier with they're that. They're only the then, handful of these yeah. large manufacturers. You know them, you know their names and they all exist in the market. If they're not making it for Tesco, then they're making it for M&S. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are only a handful of them yes. around. So for, for a small But, that, but supplier, that's convenient for the supermarket because they've just got one person them. to deal Absolutely. with. And, and, and so from an administrative yeah. point of view, it's, it's easy for them. Yes. So it's extraordinary then that they commission you to do this yes because, because actually it's a real pain for them it is a pain for them <laughs> yes no, but well it done. is something which is quite different which yeah. technically they could have said that you know give it to our current manufacturers or suppliers and they can make it for you no way but they wouldn't be able to because no. this is not only is it a pr- proprietary product but it's incredibly difficult to kind of uh, slap onto a conveyor belt i know the way those factories function this is not a conveyor belt uh, product uh, and I wouldn't want to turn my factory into a sandwich sweatshop. It, mm. It's really not like that. It is a large kitchen, but these are really lovingly made. You know, lovingly made. Yeah, absolutely, and, you can and we'd see, like to keep it that way. You can see them being made. Yeah, difficult to scale up, I think. But you're 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 selling thousands I and think, thousands of. Them. I mean, we've Damn. tried to compare it. You know, technically, from how many minutes can we make? How many wraps can we make in a minute? Compare it to say if it's on a conveyor belt and we've got so many. It's not that far off. Uh, when you streamline processes, I think nothing's impossible. <laughs> Good for you. So you've got these and, and you've got different flavours. So the ones we've just had, uh, you do all the fillings as well, don't you? All the fillings made in-house because we don't buy in any uh, large-scale commercially made sandwich fillings, which you can get anywhere on, off the shelves. So if uh, I buy um, an egg mayonnaise sandwich, what you're saying then is that somebody... Is in a factory and they just get egg mayonnaise delivered in yeah, a Yeah, I've seen them pot. because I've got a large sandwich factory just next door to mine and they, they're they in barrels. They're not pots. Barrels yes. of egg mayonnaise. Yeah, ready-made egg mayonnaise. That, that again has a massive shelf life. That goes on for 15, 20 days. No. No. <laughs> that's scary, isn't it? Rejected. Yeah, Rejected. That's, that's, that's not appealing. No, and the bread's horrible as well. Yeah. And the nutrition has completely broken mm. down as well. Oh, I've, so. I mean, I barely eat sandwiches. I'm just not going to eat any anymore. 
Not unless so I, not I, if they're not unless I made, made them myself. No. no. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Rupert? You've never tasted those before. No, I, think I think they're amazing. I think the um, the key thing is that it feels like the filling is doing all the talking. That's you know? the thing, you know. I mean, it's a really good way of putting it. Because initially, when we talk more about the air app, the really it's all about the air app. But then when you taste it, it's all about the filling, and then you know it. it that's what it, it lets the <coughs> filling shine through. I, I only tasted the filling actually. So mm. when it enters your mouth, you, I got the filling first, not yeah, the wrap, not the which wrap. is the other way round when you have mm. certain mm. wrap yeah. normally. So, That's so obviously you're flat out at the moment, and and you you're in a great position of of, of you know supplying Tesco's, but but where are you going to go in the future? Because it's put it's puts you in quite a sticky position in some respects. Because yeah. you know, um, can you imagine Holly, the independent sector? love those wouldn't they yeah no, absolutely because it's something that's just not really supplied to them There's, it's no. brand new isn't it yeah or um, just making the wraps and nothing else yeah. have, you, have you thought of that definitely I mean the wraps will have have its own journey it's an ingredient at the end of the day and this oh, ingredient should be wraps. Yeah. should be accessible to everybody in the bread aisle in the frozen aisle you know? see I would buy a packet of 12 of those wraps any yeah. day of the week and you can as opposed them. to bread absolutely mm -hmm. I would yeah what, what, would stuff. You, what would you say when say that was to happen and then they say, but we need a 20-day shelf life? No. What then? Well, there are other ways to Freeze actually them. extend shelf lives. You don't have to use calcium propionate. And I'm surprised that that, that ingredient is still being used in most uh, bread or, you know, wrap bases in tortillas. You can use rosemary extract. There's so many other natural ways of extending shelf life. It doesn't have to always be a chemical. But of course, if it's coming out of a large, ultra-processed factory, then you, you going are to going to use anti-mold chemicals. Yeah, of course, because you have to, in a way. You have to. So so what are the plans then for the air wrap? Because I, I know listeners will be listening and going, oh, well, I want some of that, but I don't go to Tesco's or I don't know, whatever it is. Um, we'd love to see those wraps uh, available. I hope Just so. Just on I mean, their own. So, it's, I mean, not, it's not been easy. For, for me. We have been banging on so many doors, but sure. they've all, they've, most of the big retailers are tied in with their so much preferred much. manufacturers. Yeah. And yeah. for them to take it on, I see the way the manufacturers look at it and say, oh, this is just another wrap. You know, we, we can make it ourselves. But not really. No, you know, can't. A wrap is a wrap, but this is not just any other wrap. Yeah. Um, well, I... Um yeah, if anybody's got half a million quid hanging about, <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> Please contact Anisha because I think we could uh, take over the world with those wraps. Um, have you got half a million pounds? Is that what you say? She's going to sell her. I <laughs> have not. <laughs> You've just moved out, so there's no way. I have. Yeah, I don't even have a court name. Um, bread and jam. Just bread and thinking. jam. Yeah, you need to go to bread. And, to I did bread tell you about bread and jam festival. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Let's go to bread and jam yeah. and find. And also get some great feedback yeah. as well. I think. Lots of people really walking around there with half a million pounds, half a million. <laughs> I don't love that. Should, um, mm. uh, I think you should look down the speciality route because there's yeah, lots definitely. of other speciality shops that are increasing mm. their use of outsourcing. Um, so, you know, they, it, buying things ready-made for um, delis and things is much cheaper mm. yeah. and easier. Um, and uh, if you're not compromised, if they're not compromising the nutritional value and the goodness, then I'm sure they'd look at it. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's not just about it's breaking down stereotype, and you know, you're not just disrupting a category. You're actually disrupting people's mindsets because mm -hmm. you're so conditioned to thinking that a wrap is obviously going to be a tortilla. Yeah. 
but no, there is there is another alternative, and mm, it, much a better one as well. Mm. Hopefully, so. Um, Rupert, uh, in terms of conquer, um, it, it's the same um, with Anisha, really. You start off, and it's it's really hard to start with, isn't it? Yeah. And then you reach a certain level, which I think you have in some way, and it's like, well, where do we go next, and how do we how do we move on from here? Um, and you're only as good as your last gig, obviously. Exactly. Um, and uh, you, you've been very innovative, and yours is handcrafted. You say, which I'm sure is true, that you're your Dorset's first uh, gin distillery. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you started and, you know, have you reached that sort of um, sort of place where Anisha is as well? Yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one because you say, I mean, the, the early days, well, I was just saying to uh, earlier on before we came in, how because I, I, we kind of found that we, we launched right at the beginning of the gin renaissance, Yeah. the doors, every door we pushed on was open. You know, we... Um, it was such thing. such a novelty. <laughs> oh yeah, and and but you, you didn't. I didn't feel particularly lucky at the time. I mean, it felt great, but you don't realise how lucky it is yeah. until now, where now it's a much busier marketplace, and um, and so the, what worked, you know, in terms of marketing or strategy yeah. doesn't last so year now. Yeah. doesn't work now. Yeah. So and it actually evolves, you know, six months, six months, you know, on. So, um, so yeah, you've just got to not rest on your laurels you know the whole kind of dorset's first gin distillery was great and it meant there was a lot of open doors and it meant for um i think it gave us some advantage but within about six months there were other gins on the on the scene so i'm not sure i don't think it was a lot to do with it but um yeah it's definitely changed a lot since the first first bottle was sold in april 15. So tell us what botanicals you've got, because obviously gin, you know, is a base spirit often, yep. and then and then it's the botanicals that, mm-hmm. that, that give it their count. So exactly. am I allowed to pour myself a gin and tonic? You may. It is, it is after it is afternoon. It is, Do you fancy yeah. a gin and tonic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Are you up for a gin and tonic, Absolutely. girls? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, while we're having a little gin, yeah. tell us what botanicals Absolutely. Here. So you've got a, a little bottle of the, um, the Dorset Dry, and that was the gin I launched Conquer with. So uh, deliberately classic. So, and by that I mean just a proper G&T, really. Mm. So rather than creating something left field and reinventing gin, I just wanted to make a gin that people could rely on and would make a classic G&T. So uh, what you're saying is you, you didn't want to disrupt as such. You're yeah. saying, well, if I'm going to be Dorset's first gin distillery, I want people to know this is gin and recognise it as yeah. gin. Is that, is that, is that what you Yeah, want, I mean, it tactic? was a, my commercial sort of view on it was screwing my sort of you know business my head on was just make something that people will want to go back to and mm. and why reinvent something that's worked for hundreds mm. of years so if we've all if we've got um big brand london dries which perform an amazing job yep. uh, that of uh, that five o'clock gnt or you know four, four o'clock, o'clock gnt <laughs> um do do that but just on a small um yep. level with just Using local botanicals, you know, bottled in ta- in in South Southbourne in the distillery. Um, so that's classic. It feels like quite a lavender edge there. Lovely. No lavender, but there Rosemary. is there is. Um, You're that oh, floral. It's floral. So, Very floral. Yeah. So basically, we forage gorse flowers from the local ah. cliff tops. So there's ten botanicals. Seven are classic. So seven are you completely recognisable as a London Dry. Um, and then we have three sort of Dorset-inspired botanicals on top of that. Um, and they are gorse flowers, which we forage. Um, and then you have elderberries, which uh, give a lovely sort of blue blue fruit, sort of slightly sweet. Um, and then we distill marsh samphire as well. 
So they're just those three are just really herbaceous, quite um slight saltiness there. Then. Yeah, it just gives a real kind of interest. So if you imagine a London dry being juniper pine, yeah. um, spice and citrus, and then the kind of Dorset three, fresh, herbaceous slightly floral and they sweeten the Geneva so slightly so it's mm. not quite as dry as a as a London dry mm. so it's quite people like that I think it makes yeah. it quite accessible to people Covered you're, you're okay with the old gin and tonic uh, I am and um, this is very drinkable yeah <laughs> I find gin can sometimes be a little too heavy and yeah. um, but this is um, it, it is fragrant and floral without it being overly perfumed mm. and uh, uh, it's it's drinkable. Perfect. Should we end the show on that? No. <laughs> We've got other things to taste yet. No way. <laughs> Anisha, are you all? It's beautiful. It's lovely. You like that? I really like mm. it. Good. Mm. Wow. Like, yeah. And trust me, yeah. we do say when we don't like things. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> don't we? We sure do. We sure do. Oh, yeah. um, it's giving me that nice little warm sort of <laughs> yeah. oh, a slight warm feeling that I'm getting. Um, so uh, w- this is all very successful. The mm-hmm. the brand is very recognisable. So I think you did a good job um, almost from the beginning, actually, in terms of the, the labelling. Mm. We've now got your newest addition to the family. Mm. Tell us about it. I'm yeah, very so excited about yeah, it. So like, you're going to le- wean me off yeah. Kahlua. Exactly. That. That's the plan. Can, so, I, can I have this in an espresso martini? Yeah, oh. absolutely. So <laughs> Conquer Cold Brew was... Um, was born out of the idea that basically every other spirit, we would walk into every uh, bars and every spirit had 10 options mm. or, or a premium option or a craft option. Mm. Um, so, you know, 10, 10 of everything and then Kahlua or Tia Maria. Yes. Um, so we just thought, why, you know, let's provide oh, basically like a coffee liqueur for coffee lovers. So something which wouldn't contain any flavourings, um, extracts, thickeners, um, I haven't tasted this yet, but it smells it's fabulous. fabulous. It's the business. Um, I often Delicious. let it do the talking, but for this show, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. probably do the talking for it. Hurry up and drink gin and tonic. Oh, I can't, Quick. I can't let this go Quick. to waste. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all, all we use um, is Brazilian and Ethiopian coffees, which are incredibly sustainable, like free from all the kind of additives and what have you. It's uh, my new favourite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. too. Yeah. And, and so it's cold brewed. So what that means is we use ambient temperatures to brew the coffees, um, which makes for a very... Oh, wow. That's lovely. Everyone, can st- everyone keeps interrupting me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> sorry. We're being so rude. Yeah, happy interruptions. Yeah, yeah. This, rude, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, that's good. So, yeah, they're just great coffees. They're brewed cold so that you get... All, you, you notice all those caramels and vanillas. Yeah, so what I really like is you've got a, a little bit of bitterness. Yeah. Which is, you know, proper coffee. Adult, actually, I call adult. It like adult, yeah. Mm. Um, and then, in going on in my mouth, I've still got a bit of caramel. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got you've got the, the really interesting mix of the two, which means it's not sweet. Actually, no, it doesn't finish sweet, which a lot of these things do. But you've got fabulous coffee taste, like proper coffee, mm. not. You know when you get coffee creams and they're not actually yeah, coffee. No, it's yeah. a it's, it's a pretend coffee. Well, people, people, <laughs> whereas this is. Actually, coffee, uh, you know, with alcohol and a really nice edge to it. Exactly. I think. So I have people come up to me and say, "I won't, I won't try that because I, l- I love coffee, but I don't like coffee flavored things." And I and I just say, "Because most coffee flavored because things everyone are, uh, are flavored, uh, are an imitation of coffee. It, they're not actually. Whereas yeah, this exactly. is basically it's it is just is. espresso. Do you so, know where I would use this? 
Bodies I, in everything. I would, yeah, I would, um, we are trying to make some tiramisu mm-hmm. without the yes. that slight edge of bitterness. Yeah, I would use this in tiramisu. Last Christmas, I, think I did it exactly would just, that. It's great. I think that would. I think you've just given us the answer mm. because with um, some cream. That's, absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. just right. So with that dish, obviously, normally you would brew coffee and you would add your spirit. Whereas with that, because that is both in the bottle, mm. you just soak your sponge fingers in, exactly in, in right, cold brew. Yeah. Mm. Um, <gasps> you can add a bit well, I added a bit of Madeira to the cream, mm. which kind of really complements it. I'm actually excited. So, <laughs> excited. so how do I make an espresso martini with this? I don't need to brew my coffee at all. Exactly, yeah. So... The, and this it means is, I can come straight in and have one, yeah. and, as opposed and, to waiting for it to cool down for an so hour. Make that home. So, <laughs> so the, because this is, if you think of an espresso martini, which is basically coffee, sugar, and vodka. Okay, mm-hmm. we we when we first launched this, we started using it in a quite a traditional way. So, using it as a coffee liqueur alongside espresso and vodka, and then um, Dave, who recently joined our team, is a incredible sort of um, mixologist said, why are, you, why are you adding coffee, sugar and vodka to a product which is made from exactly that? Yeah. So he devised us a recipe and basically uncovered this amazing recipe where you add simply a touch of water to conquer cold brew and shake over ice and you get a perfect espresso martini every single oh, time. Fantastic. Because it's already got the espresso, <laughs> our distilled wheat vodka and demerara sugar. Um, Holly, can you find me a taxi from there? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go, um, I'm gonna have co- some more. Yeah. Iced coffee. This would be yeah. superb iced coffee. Really? Yeah. So you do that just by simply lots of ice and stirring it down yeah. and, and drinking it slowly so that yeah. you get a bit of, uh, <laughs> or just make a really large portion. Really? But yeah, you can dilute it with ice melt and, mm. it, and it's mm. really sippable mm. with that kind mm. of spiritus. Anisha, are you enjoying that or you, is it not it. your thing? No, no, absolutely. I've love it. finished it. <laughs> well, thing. I did notice that, but didn't like to say. Yeah. <laughs> just being too kind. Yes. <laughs> um, you've got to get that on every show. Yeah. in every supermarket yeah, and displace yeah. displace those other ones that are, mm. are they the other ones Diageo or something probably or uh, don't know who they are yes or one yeah, of the big there's a, there's a, there's a the, one of the big certainly Bacardi and I think Bacardi and Diageo it's, it's yeah like that kind of getting it on every shelf I feel that sense of urgency because it's such a unique product and at the moment there's no one in the UK no. rivaling us you know there, mm. might, there are other liqueurs but just not of the same intensity and quality I don't feel and the can same. You buy it online. Yeah, you can buy it online. That one I get yeah, in. Yeah, certainly. Let's <laughs> get straight on the Quick internet. Google, Google will find you a few stockists. <laughs> um, get that straight in. But so the important thing about this is that while with gin, there's a very much nas- um, a regional. It's very much a regional thing. So we have supermarket listings, but it tends to be within certain geographical lines in the UK. Whereas with the coffee, um, it gives us a national relevance because mm. no one else is doing it and that's also a category which is dominated by well if you go into tesco you'll see um you know the big brands clue in a in a 70 cl and a liter i don't know who buys a liter of Kluwer, <laughs> no, but, um and then a no, perhaps an own brand one but um it's just a very different product as well so no, it's not a coffee liqueur as you know it so that we kind of say well it it is coffee liqueur but mm. it's not either it's not really the so same. How, how are you going to market it because um you're up against some stiff competition there. Yeah. I mean, um, the interesting thing about the gin, of course, is because there are so many varieties, you know, a, a store is, is quite happy now mm. to take 20 or 30 different types of gin yeah. and happy to have a local one because they feel they should. So in some respects, it's slightly easier to break in. It's going to be 
it's going to be hard for you to break in, I think, because you're up against such stiff competition with such what big from, marketing budgets. What from um, Kalua and yeah, yeah but I think or maybe you go the independent retail yeah. route to start with. Yeah, because <clears throat> the the kind of USP of this compared to Kalua, etc. Um, are the kind of quality and the crafted and everything like it? Mm. It's not. I would never buy Kalua. You've got to do tastings, but it? Mm. yeah, so yeah. It's it's just... people taste it, they understand mm. it, and the whole um, how it's used. So we've kind of had the occasions around it. So the espresso martini, we've also Cocktails, got the cafe yeah. spritz. Mm. So you can have this with tonic, which is absolutely delicious. So it's really, like cafe, it's really beautiful. Yeah, oh, I would try that. I'm afraid I'll finish mine. <laughs> we had <laughs> it's literally um, been polished off, isn't it? We had bread and jam in a few weeks ago, and. Um, they uh, offered the tasting panel at mm-hmm. the uh, conference, um, and that you've might be take, a way. You've got to take this. You've to got to take panel. this uh, to them and 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 offer many different ways in which that this can be used. Because I, I think this is a, a fantastic alcoholic coffee beverage. Mm. Mm. Tonic, no, yeah. mm. no, no, no. Tonic, no. I don't like it with tonic. <laughs> I just like it on its own. I just like, I want to hit. Two very Makes it kind of fruity. I wanna, yeah, it mm. does. It brings out the orange. Yeah. yeah. So we serve it in a in a kind of big wine glass, a bit like an Aperol Spritz, mm. so like really playing with that occasion <clears throat> and then a wedge of fresh orange. Ooh. And it is delicious. Mm. I quite like it. Mm. Do you? I um I just think I like the the real thing so much. I like the real I, thing too. I can't I can't move away <laughs> from it. Bit, bit of both. I, can't, I just can't what move. What dilemma? Did you bring any more with you? <laughs> no. Well, damn. Okay. I find a local stockist. I'm allowed so London Borough Wines. Yeah, okay. Stock stock Coca Cola Brew. Yeah. Uh, I'm presuming you can get it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about to from... go into Fortnum and Mason, so you can get it in there. So there's yeah, it's it's getting out there. Good. Out and about. Good. Well, very very good luck with it. We we thumbs up in the studio. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Up in the studio, I think. Yep. Um, mm. The mind's racing, mm. thinking of lots of different ways yeah, in which it could up. be used. Mm. I just, yeah, I just think it's it. so good on its own. I'm sort of slightly frightened to do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, the, the curious thing is that um, we talk about the, the, how it compares to the gin market. People understand gin. Yeah, exactly. And they know exactly. You don't need to say to someone, they've sort of do got this educated. With it, they look at they? Their light and they yeah. know exactly what they're going to yeah. do with it. Um, so. While it does occupy a completely new space and it's 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 delicious, I have people sort of saying to me, "Oh, I haven't opened it yet. You know, six months on because I don't know what to do with it." Mm. Yeah. And you've so there's that, was, there's that fear of and you've got quite a few hurdles to overcome. Mm. With well, it, I think I was just thinking maybe marketing wise, rather than focusing on kind of the alternative to Kalua, mm. um, market it as the solution to you know convenient espresso martinis exactly. or something like you're that exactly so just the language is what yeah. you can do with it the the other thing is i i'm often afraid to order an irish coffee mm. in a restaurant because all too often people get it wrong mm. whereas this is just a very simple solution you just want you know. that with cream on top yeah absolutely that's why we're talking about that's why we're talking about tiramisu yeah. all you're interested in is that and cream mm. I want to eat it with cream and I want to yeah, drink it with good, cream pretty good with hot steam milk as well so yeah. you can do all that sort of stuff. Okay. You're, you're absolutely hot steam bang milk. on so I've been sort of talking about the provenance of the ingredients and how it's made for the last two years since it was launched back in 2017 whereas now um we're shifting to i've coined it the you know the conquer cold brew occasions and that's the serves and and that that particularly the espresso and tonic and the um espresso martini and how that's the point of difference Mm. and that because that you know the the story about the ingredients um and and the provenance of those 
can follow after the fact that people go, I can make an espresso martini before I've gone yeah. out, let alone at the end well, of the I night. Well, I just said that. I don't have to I mean, brew coffee and exactly. wait for it to go cold yeah, and put yeah. it in the fridge. It takes forever. Yeah. And also, it's kind of trending at the moment. Mm. Yeah, um, Espresso martinis. Yeah. Oh, I am yeah. trendy. You are. You're always trendy. I'm always ahead of the curve. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Rupert um, Holloway from Conquer Spirit, really good luck with that. Thank you. Um, uh, you just got to get it out there. We, we're fans in yes. the studio, mm-hmm. um, and that is Conquer Spirit Cold Brew Coffee Liqueur. Um, and if you do like coffee at all, but actually haven't really ever gone down the Tia Maria liqueur route because they're so awful. Mm. Well, give it a try. Exactly. Give it a try. You'll like it. You'll like it for sure. Um, and also, thank you very much to Anisha Kumar, Zinder Foods, which we obviously know much better as Air Wraps. I'm so excited to be following your story because I know I'm not quite sure where, where it's going to go. <laughs> I know it's going to be successful, but I'm not quite sure which way it's going to go. Um, and it's an incredible product. We're lucky Thank today, you. haven't we? Uh, yes, incredible yes, we have, the products. Yeah. And um, I just want to buy those in packets, please. So I can make my own dabs. Yes, please. Same <laughs> wraps. Or yeah, even yeah, I, okay. I would just, I would, I would make a home. I love making curry at home. I would make a curry and then I would just literally use that to mop it up. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to go bready with the naan. This is mm-hmm. just perfect. Much better. Oh, yeah. We don't eat naan because they're too, no, uh, they're too, too bready. Stodgy. bready. Too stodgy. Yeah. Uh, that would be perfect. Yeah. Or Love making chili. Make a chili. Yeah. Wrap it up. Mm. God, that'd be good. Yeah, it's very so, versatile. Go with any. Yeah. Cuisine, so, really. can you hurry up and make those, mm. those Health, twelve healthy, in a pack? Healthy burritos and things. Yeah. All sorts. Yeah. All sorts. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. So, um, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. I've gone a little bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, Holly? I've just gone, I've just gone a little we bit. We didn't of have a, as much hot. Light, lightheaded, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know you why. You were tucking in. Yeah, I was. Sorry, I was a bit too quick on that one. Um, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show, and as you know, we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenters, Holly Shackleton of Speciality Food Magazine. Thank you. Good programme. Yeah. Good definitely. Mm, definitely. And, oh, I'm so sorry, Kermud, it's your last guest presenter. It thing. is, indeed. What a good one to think. end on. Yes, it's been lovely. Thank and you. And also, I think what's been interesting is you've made lots of new friends as well that you're going to try and work with and do business mm. with, and that's the great thing about this programme, uh, which listeners obviously don't 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 sort of uh, cotton onto, I guess, is that so many times afterwards we're connecting people who happen to be on the programme together and then they end up doing business and... It's good. It's mm, good, isn't it? It's been lovely. Yes, yes thank really, you. Reconnecting. Um, so thank you so much for giving up your time and joining us. Um, prettier than Ollie. <laughs> well. <laughs> Let me think about that. Different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Different. Uh, and much more polite. <laughs> much more polite as well. So yes, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, as a guest presenter. And um, if you know any, I don't know, amazing people uh, just like Rupert and Nisha, that you think we should have as future guests, please do get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts going back a good few years now, go to foodtalk.co.uk or go on the Speciality Food Magazine website, which has actually got loads of stuff on there that you need to look at anyway. Um, And there's a link on the homepage that goes uh, straight to our radio programmes. So thank you, everybody, and I hope you all have a good week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.